Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're so glad you tuned into the broadcast today. I'm coming to you again from the sanctuary here at Legacy Church, Green Mountain Falls, Colorado, where God is doing good things and great things. And we're so excited about these days that are just ahead. 2021, I mean, it's here, it's rolling, and we have got a word from the Lord for this year. We are declaring that this year is our year of living life more abundantly. And if you haven't been living that kind of life, then go ahead and declare that what you have been living is over. If you've been living in days of sickness and disease or lack or strife or division, why don't you just right now declare that just like 2020 is gone, those days are gone and this is the beginning of life more abundantly for you. That's what we're believing God for. That's from the book of John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said, the thief doesn't come except to steal, to kill and to destroy, but he came that we'd have life and have it more abundantly. He's not the one taking things from us. He's the one adding to us, adding everything that we need in this life to live this life successful and prosperous and full of peace and joy, strong in every area of our lives, spirit, soul, and body. He's that good. I said, he's that good. And Sarah and I and our team and our staff and this congregation, we are in agreement with you that your 2021 will be a year of life more abundantly, that you will be filled with the knowledge of the will of God for your life in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And take it from us. I mean, I believe right now where we are standing in this place, we are more in the center of the will of God for our lives and our ministry than we've ever been before. And that's a good feeling. I'm telling you, that's a good feeling. And if you don't know what that's like, press into it today. Start right now. Just tell the Lord, I want to know your plan. I want to know your will. And we can pray that together. I can come into agreement with you right now that beginning today, you will know more about the will of God for your life than you've ever known before. And that in the days just ahead, you will be filled with the knowledge of his will. Filled with it. There, if you're filled with something, then there's no room in you left for anything else. And if you're filled with the knowledge of God's will for your life, then there's no room in you for confusion about anything, about where you're supposed to go, about what you're supposed to do, about who you are supposed to do life with, filled with the knowledge of His will. That's a good way to live life. I want to remind you of something we've looked at together over the last couple of weeks in the book of Nehemiah chapter 2. This whole book of Nehemiah has been special to us over the last couple of years because this whole thing's a building project. Nehemiah got it in his heart to build and to rebuild the city of Jerusalem and the gates of the city. And you know, he experienced the same kind of thing you experienced, that I experienced. When the vision and the assignment of God comes alive on the inside of you and you begin to share it, there will be people who jump on board with you, get excited about it. There'll even be people who sow into it, want to be a part of it financially. And we've experienced that. That's what this place is. It's a testament to those who heard the vision and jumped on board and said, we want to help you build that out. We want to help you get that place ready and get those doors open so you can have church and look what the Lord has done. And he did it through faithful people. Many of you are watching right now. But, you know, you're going to also run into people who don't get it, people who laugh at it, people who despise it. And that's what Nehemiah ran into here. 
In chapter 2, verse 19, he talks to a few of these guys, but instead of jumping on board, it says they laughed at him and they despised him or they thought little of it. They said, what is this thing you're doing? They don't even get it, much less getting involved with it. But listen to his response. You need to know how to respond to that according to the word of God. And in verse 20, it says, So I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. In other words, I don't need you to do it. Laugh all you want to. You're not my source. I don't need you to prosper me to get this job done. Now listen to me. As much as I love this congregation, and we've only been a congregation for a few short weeks, but there's a love in us and me and Sarah that's growing in us daily and in our team and our staff. As much as we love them, as much as we are honored to preach and minister the word of God to them, they're not our source. And we're not looking to them as our source. As much as I love ministering the word to you, the viewing audience of this television broadcast, you're not my source. The partners of Pearson's Ministries International, love them, pray for them, bless them, serve them with the word of God, but they're not my source. So when you do run into people who don't get the vision and don't jump on board with you in the assignment, that's okay. Why? They're not your source. How do you answer that? The God of heaven himself will prosper us and we will, he said, arise and build. That's what you got to do. As you sow today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow into what's going on here at Legacy Church and the outreaches of Pearson's Ministries International. But as you sow today, just like we've talked about over the last number of weeks, you need to know your seed is saying something. Your seed, if you're sowing in faith and if you're sowing in love, it's talking, it's speaking. And what it's saying is the God of heaven himself will prosper me. And I am his servant, I will arise and I will build. Glory to God. So if the Lord's stirring something in your heart about being uh, a partner with us in this ministry, uh, if you've got an assignment that, that stirs in your heart that's the same as ours, which is just to serve another generation with the word of God, teach them how to live by faith in the day of grace, how to experience a whole life prosperity that's prospering spirit, soul, and body, and how to raise another generation in the household of faith. Well, if that, if that makes your heart beat fast, it does ours too. And that must mean we're connected in this thing. So if you want to sow into it today, you do it. Do it in faith. Do it in love. And as you do, we bless it. We ask the Lord to see it, receive it, and use your seed as an open door of access to go to work in your life. A number of ways you can get involved. If you're watching uh, uh, Inside the United States, you can text your offering today just by texting LTV in any dollar amount to the number 28950. Uh, if you'd like to give online, you can do that as well at pearsonsministries.com. Or if you're writing a check, make it payable to Pearson's Ministries and use the address that you see on your screen. Hey, this is a great broadcast today. This is exciting. You know what we're getting ready to do? I'm getting ready to show you Sunday number one. The first service that we had in this building open to the public and it was a special day. As a matter of fact, the name of this message is just one of those days. And the day we had in here together was one of those days. It was one of those days that changed everything. And we want to share it with you. So let's spend some time in worship together. Let's get into the word of God. And I want you to see what we saw and experience what we experienced on day number one here in this sanctuary, Legacy Church, Green Mountain Falls. Watch this and I'll be back.
I'd like for you to open to the book of Matthew chapter 11. And while you're looking for Matthew 11, guys, if you would put up John chapter 10, verse 10 for me. You're going to Matthew 11. We'll have John 10, verse 10 on the screens. We've got a word. We've got a word. Let me tell you what I mean by that. As believers, as Christians who believe in the authority of the word of God, you look to the word as the foundation beneath your feet. You look to the word not just to set eyes on it, not just to hear it out of religious ritual, but you look to it and in your heart and in your mind, you're already saying, I'm going to put this into practice. I'm going to believe this and I'm going to be a doer of the word that I hear. And that makes us different. That makes us pretty different from the rest of the world. And honestly, it makes us pretty different from much of the body of Christ, the so-called church in different places. It makes us different when you approach the word of God with an excitement and an expectation. And like I said, with the belief that you're not just going to hear it, you're going to do it. You're going to, by his help and by his grace, put into practice what you hear. Jesus told us in the scriptures that these are the only people that have firm foundation beneath their feet. The ones that come to him, the ones that hear his word, and the ones that do what he says. And I believe that we, as a church family, have a word. It's a word that I believe the Lord is speaking to us about the, the next few days and weeks, the next year that's coming up. And a lot of you know my background and the ministry family that I come from. And I grew up in a church culture, in a ministry culture. Man, well, first of all, yes, we went to the Word for everything. But right about this time every year, the Word of the Lord would come to Papa or come to Daddy or come to somebody and say in a, in a prophetic voice, this is what's coming in the year ahead. And man, we latch on to it. We believe it. We put it in our heart. We get coming out of our mouth. And um, I believe that we as a church... We're hearing from the Lord. And if you were a part of our service last week, either in person or online, then uh, you heard some of these things. And, and, and we're going to be looking at it uh, this week, over the next several weeks, moving into the first of next year. But our word for the year coming up is found here in John chapter 10. And it's what Jesus said. He said, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now, I know that doesn't sound like good news, but every word out of Jesus' mouth, if you look close enough, is good news. Do you want to know why you cannot go to my home this afternoon and steal a Ferrari out of the garage? Do you want to know why you can't do that? There's not one there. There's not one in there, so you can't steal. Satan is a thief. You know what that tells me? You've got something. I've got something. And what we have as born-again believers, full of the Spirit of God, we have what the Scripture calls treasure in earthen vessels. So I know it doesn't sound like good news, but the thief comes to steal because what you have is valuable. The life that you have is valuable. He comes to destroy, to pull down. That must mean God's building something up on the inside of you. Jesus, though, he drew this line here. He said, that's the thief. That's not me. I've come that they may have life. And say this part with me. 
that they may have it more abundantly. That's where we're headed in 2021. Life more abundantly. We're going to talk some about that, but go to the book of Matthew chapter 11 with me. I want to look at something else Jesus said here, and I think this is significant for where we are right now today. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, guys, put that on the screen for us. I want everybody to pay careful attention to the first three words of this verse. Matthew 11, verse 25. As soon as they get that up there, I want you to see it. I want your eyes on it. Say these first three words with me. Ready? At that time. Say it again. At that time. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, listen to this, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Jesus is talking to us about revelation and revelation knowledge. This is the second time in just a couple of verses that you see this word revealed. Jesus said, nobody knows the Son except the Father, and nobody knows the Father except the Son and the one, Jesus said, to whom he wills to reveal him. Now, if you stop right there, you could come up with some doctrine that might make you think and others believe that, you know, God doesn't want to just show himself to everybody. He's already picked a few. And these doctrines have names and people have believed them for generation after generation. And if you were to just stop right there at that verse, to whom the son wills to reveal him, and you might think, well, man, I hope I'm one of those. Right? I hope I can be one of the ones to whom Jesus wants to reveal God. We just don't know. And, if you, and like I said, if you stop there at that verse, you might be led to believe that. The only problem is this pesky verse 28, where Jesus goes on and says, Come to me, all y'all. Come to me all, he said. That right there does away with this religious this religious thinking that we don't know who God wants to show himself strong to. We don't know who God wants to work on behalf of. We don't know who God is extending his salvation to. Stop it. Jesus answered that. Come to me all. Everybody, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Okay, what were the first three words of verse 25? You remember? At that time. There's another translation of scripture that I like a lot. It really helps to expound on some of these things. And it's Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 in the Weist translation. And now let me just read you the first part of that verse. It says, at that epochal and strategic moment of time. That epochal, you see it there. That epochal strategic moment of time. Epochal and strategic. This word epochal, and yeah, I had to look it up, means 
in essence, it's, it's an event that's so monumental, so big, that it marks the beginning of a new development or the beginning of a new era. An apocal moment is one that starts something brand new. So when the scripture says, at that time Jesus said these things, it wasn't like, you know, noon on a Tuesday. That's not what it was a reference to. It was talking about this epochal and strategic moment, this moment that began something brand new, started a new development, a new era, a new way of thinking, a new way of believing, a new way of walking and talking and living, something new. That's what an epochal moment is. And you see here too, it wasn't just a big moment, but it was strategic. It came at exactly the right time, right on time. And if you look back across the timeline of your life, you can, you can pinpoint, you can identify some of these epochal moments that you've had. And listen, they're not every day. These moments where something occurs in your life and it was one way before that and it was completely different after that and never the same again. These things aren't every day, but if you look back and you think back across the timeline of life, you can find them, can't you? Well, this day changed everything and then this day changed everything again and then that day, man, everything changed that day. It's one of those days. This that we're reading about here in Matthew 11, it was just one of those days. I was thinking back the last couple of days on some of the most epochal or epical, depending on how you pronounce it, days in my life. September 1st, 2007 was an epochal day in my life. I married Sarah Hart. That changed everything. Everything was different. Life was one way before that day, and everything from that moment forward changed and has never been the same again. Now, when you're looking at these kind of moments in Scripture, it also carries with it not just a change, but a betterment, an increase, a coming up. Not only did it change, but it got better. And let me go ahead and say right now from this platform behind this pulpit, it got better <laughs> every day since September 1st, 2007. But here's the interesting thing about an apocal moment or a moment like that in your life that marks the beginning of a new development, a new era? If you think about it, when you mark the beginning of a new way of life, what are you doing at the same time? You're marking the, old, the end of an old one. To begin the new one, you have to end the old one. And frustration occurs and disappointment occurs when people try to live in the new era with an old era mentality, right? See, it's no coincidence that we get married at an altar. You know what an altar is? Go back to the Old Testament. It's a place of sacrifice. It's a killing place. It's a dying place. And it's no coincidence that you stand at an altar to get married and to mark the beginning of this new development. That day, married Jeremy came into existence. But for married Jeremy to live and thrive and be successful, single Jeremy's gotta die. He's gotta die right there at that altar. And frustration, and this is really a good example, in marriage occurs 
when somebody's trying to live in this new way of life called marriage with a single dude mentality, with a single individual mindset, without realizing, hey, everything just changed. Everything. And it got better, but it changed. That was an epical, epochal moment in my life. Changed everything. A little over two years later, we had another one of those moments. May 8th, 2010. Justice James Pearsons was born into the world. And if my life wasn't different before that, it was certainly different from that day forward. Anybody with kids say amen? You know exactly what I'm talking about? I mean, you, life is one way, married life. Sarah and I look back on it, we think, we know there was a time before there were kids. We don't remember it, but we know it existed. We've got pictures to prove it. It's just hard to actually remember. And sometimes we laugh. It was like, remember when we just wanted ice cream at 10? And so we'd just get in the car and go get it. We were, we were newly married. You know what I mean? You can do that kind of thing. A couple of years later, babies start showing up. They turn everything inside out and upside down. And it's better. I'm I feel like I have to keep reminding you of this. It's better. We wouldn't go back to life without them. If we could, wouldn't do it. It's better. But man, it changed everything. It changed everything. I mean, it changed sleep habits or sleeping at all. I mean, it changed, uh, I mean, it changed your routine. It changed everything about your life. That's one of those moments, right? Jesse showed up a few years later, changed everything again. I tell you, one of those big moments for Sarah and I was September 1st, 2010. On our wedding anniversary, some of you have heard us tell the story, we actually stepped officially into our own ministry as well. We had been serving my grandparents in their ministry, my mom and dad at their church. And for months and months and months leading up to that, the Lord began to stir in our hearts about stepping out. And it wasn't in an effort to leave them or disconnect uh, for any other reason other than the Lord was saying, I want something with you. I want your dependence. I want your faith. I want your trust. And for us to do that in the way that it was coming up so strong in our heart to do it, we had to take a step away from what we thought was security, job security. You know, when Papa's the man, all you got to do is not do something stupid and you can have a job for a long time. But the Lord helped us see some things in that transition around that moment. He, he said to us, you're calling things security that aren't secure. You're calling things comfortable that aren't comfort. Because we kept talking like that. Well, I'm just going to step out of our comfort zone. We're going to make this change and step into our own and it's outside of our comfort zone. And finally, the Lord said, I gave you the comforter. If you're doing something other than what I've told you to do through him, that's anything but comfortable. And it changed something for us. It changed something. It's an, an epochal moment. That was a big one for us. And you know the story that 10 years ago, we were here in the state of Colorado, driving I-70. Where is it, Lord? Where is it? Where is it? It's got to be here somewhere. Got to be here somewhere. We were just... A couple hours and 10 years off. That's all. That's all it was. A couple hours and 10 years. But I'm so thankful we're here now. These moments, we got to learn to look for these epical 
moments that change everything. They begin a new development and they end an old way. That's what was happening here when Jesus was speaking. At that time, at that epochal and strategic moment, Jesus began to pray and he talked to the Father and he talked to the Lord about what he, what he had concealed and, or, or to who he had revealed it. And then Jesus said what we mentioned earlier, nobody knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. What a great setup. Jesus is saying, I'm about to reveal him to you. You're about to see the Father in a way you've never seen him before in a way you could never have seen him. You're about to know him in a way you never could have known him before because now you're going to know him, Jesus says, the way I know him. Amen. Now you're going to see him the way I see him. And so how does he do it? I'm about to reveal the Father to you. Here we go. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. That is a revelation of our Father. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.